Welcome to the audio podcast for Saturday Night Life. SNL is a ministry of Northwood Church, and our hope is that this will be a tool that blesses and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. If you want to learn more about Northridge Church or SNL, you can visit us at nrchurch.ca or join us for Saturday Night Life at 7 p.m. on Saturday evenings. Until we meet, be blessed and enjoy the word for this evening. Thank you, worship team. Those are the those are the, the lyrics. Kind of a funny way to talk about it, but those are the words being shouted about Jesus as he walked into Jerusalem, walking to his death. The people saw the king walking into Jerusalem, and they they shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Um, thank you very much, worship team. Actually, before you go anywhere, Jessica, stick around for a second. Um, uh, I had a, a fun day today, and it started with a Bobby Jeffers haircut. So anytime you get, I, and it was totally by accident, I was going into Rammies, and I saw Bobby, and I'm like, do you have a client? And he's like, I'm free. And I was like, yes. So started with that, and... And Bobby and I always get to talking when he's, when he's cutting my hair, and he said a couple things that stuck with me today. And I'll, I'm probably going to mention both of them, but the first one is he was bragging about you, and, uh, but also talking about, like, uh, yeah, that's your wife, and he's just talking about, like, what you guys are going through right now. And so baby Hezekiah is cutting some teeth. Anybody got kids? And has anybody gone through this? I, I feel guilty even putting up my hand because I did so little amount of work when our kids were going through their tough times. But um, uh, I remember when they were cranky and they just felt like there's nothing you do. And they always seem to cry the most when you need your sleep the most. And it's exhausting. And, and Hezekiah is a beautiful boy, but he's, there's a lot going on. And so I think we should gather around Bobby and Jessica and pray for them. So if you guys actually wouldn't mind coming right out in front of the, the table here. And if people uh, want to come lay hands, if you're a guy, lay hands on Bobby. If you're a girl, lay hands on Jessica. And let's, uh, let's pray over this couple, this husband and wife, this mom and dad, and pray blessings on them. Father, we have just finished celebrating you as the king. And you are that, you are Lord over everything. But the most amazing thing about you is that even though you are God of everything, you're, you're, there's nothing that isn't under your sovereignty. For some reason you care about us, you know the amount of hairs that are on our head. And you know exactly what's going on, not just in baby Hezekiah, but you know the, the challenges, the, the, the stress that uh, is on a mom and dad. And Lord, we lift up Bobby and Jessica to you. And the miracle we pray for tonight is that you would break through and your presence would feel so strong tonight that they would have the most incredible sleep and that they would trace that back knowing that this was the Holy Spirit doing a work in their life, that a miracle happened where they were given peace, where peace doesn't make sense. So Father, if that means giving Hezekiah a beautiful dreamless sleep tonight, soothing his, his pain, or, Lord, take that pain away. But, Lord, I pray for a great sleep for this family tonight. We pray blessings on them. We're so thankful for them and bless them tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I wanted to start that way. Thank you, Bobby, Jessica. I want to start that way, but um, I also want to <laughs> I also want to give uh, somebody a, a new job. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Jaden, do you want a job? I, I didn't know. I thought I'd ask you before. So, Eric, you're my plan B. boy. So, this is a, an SNL tradition. And so, when you see the, 
blank for my name is, just insert your name there. Thank you. Welcome to Saturday Night Live, everyone. My name is Eric Hill, and I'll be your host tonight. SNL is a ministry of Northridge Church. You are welcome to experience everything that Northridge has to offer. We meet here Saturdays, obviously, Sundays, mornings, and evenings, Sunday afternoons, and if you speak Spanish, if you have kids, ask someone about the different free programs and activities we offer during the week. Northridge and SNL are proud partners with Hope for Freedom Society. We are big fans for this ministry and count ourselves fortunate to work along alongside them this way. Celebrating recovery is a place to experience freedom from life, hurts, habits, and hang-ups. We have a group that meets Friday nights just down the road at Highway Recovery Church, and there are liter literally CR groups all around the world. If you know that you're going to be moving out of town and want to know more about how to connect with CR, where you'll be living, just let us know. We'll make it happen. We like to celebrate recovery here at Saturday Night Life. If you're comfortable with sharing where you are at in your recovery, take a moment and stand and share your milestone. Woo! Congratulations. Congratulations, guys. Good to see. That's good. Good. Really good. I'm at 160-something days. Uh, make sure to look around the room. Don't rush. Finish with sharing your clean time if you're comfortable. Um, take the Bible with you wherever you go. Your vision is an app for your phone. Sorry. Your vision is an app for your phone with access to the Bible in dozens of languages and translations. It also has Bible studies and the ability to highlight and share what you're reading. Check out the next time you have access to your phone. If you don't have access to a hard copy of the Bible, we have them just for you. Just connect with a leader following the service and we'll make sure you get one. All of our SNL services are streamed live on Facebook. Take a sec. Hi, everyone on Facebook. <laughs> During the week, you can watch and replay on YouTube or check out the podcast version on Spotify. After you find us, stay connected by following, subscribing, or whatever, so that you will never miss a service. I don't know how to read that word. Um, we, we serve coffee because coffee is amazing, but we also serve coffee because we want to encourage you to linger and hang around. So make sure you ref refill your cup and enjoy the conversations. Or else it's just going to get dumped out too. Um, while we are taking, talking about coffee, this is a good time to let you know that the coffee shop will be closed during the service on Sundays. The room gets used for kids' programs, so it is important that we don't interrupt them during the service. Take some time to check out our free, our free clothing available for you tonight. It has been brought especially for you, so don't be shy. Take as much as you want or need. 
Once again, we are glad you're here. If you, if you got your Bible, you can open it to the book of Matthews and get ready to learn a little more about Jesus, Son of God. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful day. That's awesome. Good job, man. Um, two things. First of all, I love the ad-libbing about the pouring out all the coffee. Look at you. So comfortably he's putting his own little script in there. Uh, and then second of all, I, we don't always do this, but um, we've got a really good Celebrate Recovery spokesperson. And I don't want to put you on the spot, Sean, but Sean McManus, our drummer, and I saw Bobby was rocking out to, to, to Sean there. But if you ever have questions about Celebrate Recovery, um, if we can make those connections, we want to. And Sean's a, a great advocate for what happens uh, just down the road at Highway Church at uh, our local Celebrate Recovery. So um, hit him up after this. What's that? Give him a call. Or talk to him in real life, our IRL. Um, all right, before we get into the word tonight, I've got a picture to share with you. picture was taken this morning. Uh, do you mind going to the next one there, Josiah? Beautiful. Uh, I, I have been texting with one of these people, with Denise on our right in the blue shirt. I've been texting with her. She put it out there that she wanted to be baptized. They're at, currently at Glory, Glory House. And then her friend Christy said, yeah, I'll get baptized too. And so over the last few weeks, uh, we've been making this plan, and she had it all worked out. This is Norris Creek in the background, and it is flipping freezing. <laughs> and uh, you may have noticed, I probably should have started by reintroducing myself. I've been gone for the last couple of weeks, and I didn't preach for a little bit before that. So my name is David, and I'm one of the pastors here at Northridge Church, and I've been in a very warm climate. Uh, we got to go away with my in-laws to Mexico. And so I've been doing very little other than sitting in the sun. And somehow in Mexico, I caught a cold. And so it's kind of weird getting a cold in Mexico, bringing that back to Canada. And so I was looking at this creek, and I knew it was going to be cold. And I was not looking forward to going in there. But uh, Denise especially is hardcore. She could have swam in that thing. It wouldn't have bugged her a bit. So we actually uh, just, this is not very spiritual at all. But anyways, uh, we actually, Christy and I baptized Denise first. And then we quickly swapped because we figured, okay, Denise is already wet. and She's the toughest out of all of us, so we'll let her stay wet and baptize Christy. Well, Christy, when she felt like her own feet in the water and could feel her arm, and you get quite wet when you baptize people, when she felt how cold the water was, she's like, I don't know if I could do this. But we didn't give her time to think about it. So uh, we, we dunked her, and she did it. She was super tough. And uh, yeah, it was super cold. But it was a beautiful morning. And I asked her permission to take this picture. Actually, I didn't take this picture, but somebody did. I asked them to pose for the picture. And I asked their permission to post it tonight. And we'll do the same thing tomorrow morning. Because um, one of the things that we believe is that a part of this public demonstration of choosing to follow Jesus is it's got something to do with the people that are witnesses. And so we had about a dozen people that were, were with us and heard their stories and, and were part of the, the baptism. And they are a part of their story now. And the reason I want to share this today is I want you to become a part of this story. I want you to know Christy. I want you to know Denise. And I want to spend, you, you already know him? There you go. And, I, and, and we want to, uh, what do you, what's going on? 
Oh, I thought you were like getting ready to get baptized. I got, I got no water. <laughs> uh, but I want, I want us to be, to know who they are. I want us to be praying for them. And so I committed to praying, so let's pray right now. Father, we thank you for the decisions made this morning to be baptized. And we thank you for Denise and Christy. And we thank you for the difference that you've made in their lives, the story that they tell of the before Jesus and the after Jesus and the joy and the hope that they have because of you is uh, just a, a thing to celebrate. And so, Father, we want to seal what has happened this morning in prayer this evening. And just as we pray for Bobby and Jessica, Lord, I pray for, for their rest tonight, that they would put their head in their pillow tonight and go to sleep with a smile on their face knowing that they are yours, that they are your children, that they are walking as new creations. Bless them tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. Denise and Christy, if you're watching, hi from all of us here, and we're praying for you. Okay, that's it. You know what? The, the, the plus side of having cold is, is I really like the sound of my voice tonight. And normally I hate it. I don't know if I've told you this story before, but once upon a time, uh, I was helping at a uh, kid's camp, and my daughter was at the camp. And um, the guy who was doing the teaching, he wanted to do this illustration. And it was all teaching about how the, the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. And that's an illustration about how we know the voice of the father. Like if we, if we really, if he's our father, we'll know his voice. And so the, the whole shtick, the illustration was they got five men, myself being one of them, to go out of the room. They blindfolded my daughter and then we were all supposed to come in one at a time and say this line to her. And she was supposed to tell us which voice was her, her dad's. So anyways, I've got this one buddy who was there and he's pretty clever. And he says, I'm going to try and trick her. I'm going to try and imitate your voice. So he's working on it. And finally he gets it. We're both like, that's it. And then we both look at each other and like, wait a minute. That's also Kermit the Frog. And that was when I realized that I sound like Kermit the Frog. When, when it, if I don't have a cold, I sound like Kermit the Frog. And for somebody who talks for a living, I'm both a teacher and a pastor, that's a horrible realization is that your voice sounds like Kermit the Frog. So anyways, I'm planning on having a cold for the rest of my life now uh, so that I don't sound like Kermit the Frog. What's that? Uh, I don't even remember that part of the story. That's kind of crucial, isn't it? I mean, yes, he totally tricked her. I don't, you'll have to ask Emily. Ask her tomorrow. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> what? I, I mean, yes, sure. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. Okay, let's move on to Scripture. I feel really um, attacked here. Uh, we are in Matthew chapter 16, and I've actually pulled out only a small portion of the text. And we sometimes we'll read through the whole chapter. Sometimes we'll give focus to a smaller part. Today we're going to give focus to a smaller part. And then I've actually, I don't, Usually all I put up there for, for notes are, are the scriptures, the parts that you can get right out of the Bible. This is from the New International Version, uh, right out of the Bible. But I have actually some notes at the end. I'm going to kind of teach through something I, I want you to take with you tonight. So this section is called the Yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which sounds biologically gross, but that's not what we're talking about, okay? We're talking about this illustration of yeast. And so, well, let's just read it. Verse 5 goes like this. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. 
they discussed this among themselves and said, it is because we didn't bring any bread. Um, I think this is one of the funniest sections of Scripture that I've, that I've read in the Bible, in the sense that Jesus is not talking about bread at all. We're about to see that. But they heard the word yeast, and they're, they're thinking, oh, man, he's giving us heck for not bringing bread. And that's not what happened at all. Let's keep reading. Verse 8 goes like this. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, you have little faith. Why are you talking amongst your, among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Um, how is it that you don't understand that I was not talking about bread? Um, sometimes I read these interactions between Jesus and his disciples. And I would love to know, okay, so you know how you read a text or you read an email and it's possible you don't understand like the tone of what they're trying to say? When all you're doing is reading the words, it can kind of feel a little bit off. And, and that's why uh, I'm, I am a little over the top when it comes to texting. Um, if you get a text from me, it will have way too many exclamation marks and way too many smiley faces because I do not want you to think that I'm angry texting you, that I'm just, I'm a pleasant person. And, uh, but here, we only get the words. And I kind of want to believe that Jesus is just messing with the, with the disciples because he brings up this topic of yeast when they know that they don't have bread with them. And so he's kind of messing with their head, and they start talking about bread. And he's like, why are you talking about bread? Don't you remember we just fed thousands of people with almost no bread? Bread is not a problem. And again, I feel like Jesus is just having some fun with, these are his closest companions on the planet. They're buddies. It's, I, think, I think of it as a little banter. Now, this is going to become important to the whole teaching today. What I just shared with you is my opinion. I wasn't there. I can't really take, extract that from the Bible to prove that this is what Jesus was saying. This is my interpretation, but I want it to be clear that you shouldn't go and tell everybody, this is exactly what happened. Jesus was messing with the disciples, because that's what Pastor David said. Okay? This is my take on it. Let's carry on. Uh, I think we're on verse 11. Let's go to. How is it that you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Let's stop there. Don't flip to the next thing, please, Josiah. Really, the whole point of this section is in the latter part of 11 and to the end here. It's just those last couple lines. What Jesus is making a point of, and for Jesus, this is probably coming in response to a recent interaction with the Pharisees and Sadducees. Um, let me back up. I should probably do a quick teaching reminder again of, of who the Pharisees and the Sadducees were. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were the people who literally did everything right. They were people who followed the rules as perfectly as anybody on the planet could. They were very careful, very concerned, borderline obsessed with rule following. They, they read the law, they knew the law, and they were very, very careful to carry out the law. And 
and I, I do this teaching a lot, so hopefully I'm not boring you, but I know for me, when things are going well, or if I'm good at something, or if I'm doing well at something, it leads to pride in me. I get, I get a little full of myself. And what comes with pride is you kind of put yourself up on this high horse, and you look down on everybody else. And this is what the Pharisees and the Sadducees were also very known for doing. They were very careful and very good at following the law, but they were puffed up with pride because they were so good at following the law. They would look down on other people and they'd be very judgmental of other people. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees, Jesus is warning them, be careful. And he says specifically, he refers to the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, a couple of metaphorical qualities of yeast. A, um, I'm not much of a chef, I have to be honest. I like to eat mom's cooking and my wife's cooking, but I, I'm, I'm good at eating, not great at cooking. But if I understand it correctly, yeast is not big, right? They're little, like, dots. Green, green. Okay, there you go. Good. So they're very, very tiny. And the quality of yeast is that it expands, correct? It causes things to rise. So this is something Jesus is saying, beware of this yeast in, in the, the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It's, it seems small. It seems like it's not a big thing, but it can, it can become something big. Yeast was also regularly used as a metaphor for sin. And if you're like me, you know how sin works in your own life, where it starts as something small. And then you get comfortable with that, and it starts to grow a little bit. And you get comfortable with that, and it starts to grow a little bit more. And we get more and more comfortable in our sin, and sin takes over more and more. That is the picture of yeast, and that is what Jesus is warning his disciples about. And he's specifically warning about the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He's saying, I don't want you to become like them. That's not your model for right living. And you know what? I have a soft spot sometimes because I honestly believe that the Pharisees, Sadducees, they, they probably did the things they were doing with a heart for wanting to give honor and glory to God. They want to be righteous. They want to be right with God. And so they do these things in a way to try their best and their own strength to be right with God. Well, the, the end of the story, which we don't see yet because Jesus is still walking with them, is that we now know the only way we can be right with God is because of what Jesus did for us. In our own strength, we are always going to fail. We're always going to stumble. We're always going to mess it up. But the beautiful thing is, is that Jesus paid the price for all of our mess-ups. And that's the one and only way that we can be righteous. The only way we can be right with God. But Jesus is warning his disciples, beware of their yeast. Beware of that teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And this is a part of... Um, some more warnings that we'll see throughout the, the Bible. Warning against false teachers, about dangerous teaching, 
Because not everybody who teaches, not everybody who stands up and holds a microphone and, and teaches or preaches, not all of them are saying everything 100% right all of the time. All right? Uh, you should never assume that because it came out of my lips or anybody's lips who, who is behind the pulpit, that it is the 100% truth. This is something that we need to be wise about. And that's part of what Jesus is teaching here. So I'm going to go through just a, a little bit of a teaching. We're going to go off scripture. I don't usually do this, but I felt compelled to do this. So I'm going to break this down. There's a bunch of points here. We'll start with the first point. If we can go to the next slide, please. First one is this. Good people can get it wrong. You know what's funny is Sean and I were just having a conversation uh, before the service today about an experience he had. There are people who can have really, really good intentions. You know what? Let me make this more personal. I've been uh, a lead pastor, so kind of carrying a lot of the, the preaching load at Northridge for the last 10 years. This, this September is going to be 10 years. It's crazy. And so, yeah, there you go. Thank you. I survived. Um, and I can only, <laughs> I can only imagine how many things, if people were to take snippets uh, of, of my preaching throughout the years, or like, what's the opposite of greatest hits? Like, what's the Sportsnet or TSN has like misplays of the month or something like that? Like, can you imagine if somebody had like my top 10 most idiotic things I've said from the pulpit? Um, <laughs> Did you say you got three? <laughs> I want to re take back my prayer for Jessica tonight. Uh, how do you unpray something? No, I'm just kidding. No, um, but that, that, that could be one of my things. I just said that. Okay. Um, but there are things I know I've said from the pulpit that I would not be proud of today. And I can stand before you and say that even though I'm an idiot... There was never a time where I came before you and said, hey, I'm going to be an idiot today. I'm going to say something really stupid. I'm going to try and trip up our congregation. I would never do that to you. Okay? You can feel safe in that respect. I will always do what I'm going to try and obey what God has for me to do in this role. But I am human. And there are going to be days where I have a bad day or I have a bad night the night before and I'm off, or I read something, and I haven't relied on the Holy Spirit the way I should have, and I read it, and I read it wrong, and I teach it wrong. Good people, I'm, I'm giving myself a lot of credit by calling myself good, but people with good intentions can get it wrong. It doesn't mean that they are evil if they get it wrong. The thing is, Sorry, I don't want to go on too long. But I, I, I'm a teacher by trade, so I, my education, my background is in teaching. And uh, I taught grade 5, 6, and 7. Those, those are my wheelhouse ages. Those are my favorite ages to teach. And I was always quite relaxed as a teacher. I kind of had this, I'm also not very good at math, and so I always had this mindset, you know what, if I teach my students that 4 plus 4 is 26, they'll figure it out someday. It's not the end of the world, right? I didn't worry about it too much that, uh, that something might not be accurate. But I'll tell you what, when I started preaching, there's a different kind of reverence, maybe even a little bit of fear, that if, if I get this wrong, um, there could be some eternal ramifications. So I, I think that even with that, that reverence in my humanness, I can't say, I can't hold my hand and say that I'm confident I've always got it right. 
So good people, good intended people can get it wrong. So that's the first thing I think we need to realize. When you hear teaching, don't take it with a blank check or what's that? What's that? Don't give it carte blanche. I don't know what the expression is. Uh, let's go on to number two. Number two, look, when you hear teaching, look to hear who gets the glory. Who's the hero of the story? This can be a sign to you that if somebody does some teaching and, and they come out of the story looking really good and the story does more to build them up or help their reputation or make them look cool, um, you know what? Sometimes the platform gets used for bad purposes. Sometimes, and I'll be honest again, here we go. You guys are getting all the, the dirt. The reason I went into teaching is I really like the idea that I would have a room full of kids who had to listen to everything I said. I'm a person who craves attention. The thought that I would get paid to have people giving me their attention all day was beautiful for me. And so um, I, there, there is danger when, when pride enters in of you look to see who gets the glory. This is a good test of what's coming up. Let's go on to number three, please. Um, here is something I see more of today than I have ever. In the last five or so years, the question is this, does the teacher take an overly strong stance on a debatable issue? Here's what I want to say about this. Do they... I got to be really careful here. Uh, let me... Let me underline this by saying, I believe in absolute truth. I believe that there is absolute truth about everything. However, I also hold, I've learned as I've gotten older, I'm 52 now, I'm not 52 yet, I'm almost 52. I've learned to hold some things a little bit more loosely, realizing that what I thought was absolute truth as a 40-year-old I shake my head now. I've learned some things. So I believe with everything there is absolute truth, but I've got to be a little more careful about claiming to have locked into the absolute truth. Now, there's some things that are not up for debate. They're, they're in, written in God's word, plain as, plain as day. But there are some issues that teachers will take such a hard stance on. I'll give you an example. This could be delicate. I grew, up, I grew up in a church, and I read my Bible, and uh, don't hate me if you're on one side or the other of this argument, but I grew up believing in a literal six-day creation. It's the way I read it in the Bible, and even today I believe God has the power, the sovereignty, the authority, the ability to create the earth in literally six days and rest on the seventh. And then I started meeting some people who were very into science, and who really loved Jesus. Richard Liggins is, was as a guy, he's a year older than me, and he's a, I think he's got a doctor of doctoring, and, and he's, he's, he's a brilliant guy. And he started to teach me about uh, some different ideas. And it really rubbed me the wrong way, but then I started out, it's like, wait a second, he loves Jesus. This is not undercutting God's power, the way he, he, he described it. It doesn't undercut God's power. So something that I would have held and taught as an absolute non-negotiable, I've started to hold a little bit more openly. I believe there is absolute truth about this. 
but I'm not going to get up here and tell all of you that you should believe in a, an old earth or a new earth, young earth uh, philosophy. That's not, not what I'm going to do from the pulpit because I, I think there's too much room for debate. What I will tell you is that there is one creator and he is sovereign. He, he orchestrated the whole thing. I don't know how he did it. I wasn't there. And his brain and his power is bigger than mine. But this is something to look for. Does the teacher take an overly strong stance on a debatable, debatable issue? Because sometimes, I'll be honest with you, there are, we, there are times, us preachers, we want to push our agenda and our ideas. And that's not necessarily healthy either. Let's go on to number four. Does the teaching demonstrate love and respect toward God? I think this one's pretty obvious. If, if what is being taught from the pulpit does anything to undercut God? Like if I stand up here and tell you, yeah, God couldn't have done it, couldn't have created the earth in six days, that's ridiculous. Well, hang on, that kind of starts to undercut and disrespect this God. It starts to de devalue him, I guess, a little bit. It starts to put questions as to... So the question is, does the teaching demonstrate love and respect toward God? It should always do that. There should always be a tone coming from the pulpit you sit under, the, the, the church you, you visit, of love and respect and awe and admiration for the King of Kings. And then finally here, this one doesn't happen as often anymore. Does the teaching demonstrate love and respect toward others? The Pharisees and the Sadducees were known for doing things right. They were very fixated on absolute truth, which, in a nutshell, I, I, I respect. But the way they walked out their life quite often failed to demonstrate love and respect for others. Jesus, we're going to be teaching from Exodus tomorrow, and this is the, this is the part of Exodus where the Ten Commandments are given to the children of Israel. And later, hundreds of years later, Jesus was asked about these Ten Commandments. He says, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, he says, you know what? Let's boil it all down to two things. Love God more than anything else. And then love others as you would love yourself. And he, he boiled it all down to those two things. You guys, if we want to get it right with God, if we want to be righteous, if we want to be right with God, oh, He's made it really simple for us. He knows there's people like me that aren't that bright. And it needs to be simple. So do the two things. Love God more than anything else and love others the way you'd love yourself. And so if you hear teaching that starts, um, I, I, I don't like, call, I'm not going to call out other churches but one of the things you won't hear us talk about here, we won't speak badly about our government or about other people's government. It's not that I'm in love with our government, but that's not what we're called to do here. In fact, we've been called to pray for those in authority over us, whether I agree with what they're doing or not. It doesn't matter. That's not part of the equation. Um, we've been called to love our community. Um, there's a a colorful flag sidewalk in our downtown thing. I'm not supposed to sit here and complain about things. I'm supposed to love the people who paint it, the people who walk on it. 
And so if you're hearing things from the pulpit that sound different than that, that, that should be a, a word of caution as well. Okay, so how can we know these things? Let me give you, th I believe I've got three points. Let's go to the first one. If you want to know, if you want to discern, if you want to, um, in fact, I'll invite the worship team to come up in behind me here. But if you want to feel some confidence about the truth of what it is you're hearing from this pulpit for, or from any pulpit, pray about it. Uh, Matthew 7, 9 is the verse that talks about God as a good father. And, and so I'm a dad. I've got three kids. They're all adults now, but uh, I've got three kids. And if they came to me and they asked me for bread, I'm not going to give them a stone. Right? If they ask me for fish, I'm not going to give them a, a venomous snake. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not a perfect dad, but I'm, I'm good enough to know that. And if we come to God and say, God, I heard something in church today, and it seemed off. That's the, the beauty of, of living in this day and age where we can have the Holy Spirit in us too. And it seemed like it was a little bit off. God, tell me. Direct me to, to where I can go to find out if there's truth to this. So pray about it. Next one is this. Number two, compare it to God's written word. If you hear it from the pulpit and it sounds off, Hopefully, you've got the scripture reference that you can, you can go read it for yourself and, and weigh it against what you can read for yourself in the, in the Bible. And there's a third one I don't know that we use all the time. Sorry, one more there, Josiah. Seek the counsel of trusted believers. Um, again, another thing that stuck. Actually, this wasn't the thing that I was going to talk about, Bobby. Oh, Bobby's not here. Yeah, you are. There you are. Um, this isn't the thing I was going to talk about from our encounter this morning, but this is another thing that stuck out with me. Um, there's a real wisdom in the way Bobby's walking in his life. He's, he's surrounded himself with good, good people who are speaking into his life. People, I, I think you had a meeting with Pastor Larry today, right? I don't know if you guys got to, got to connect, but many of you know Pastor Larry. And if you're watching, Pastor Larry, we love you. Um, if, if you surround yourself with trustworthy people and, and people that you can go to. Yes, they're just people. But if you've got a few of them, go ask them these questions. Listen to what they have to say. And it's okay for me to go to mom and say, mom, what do you think about this? And then for me to go to Janelle and say, Janelle, what do you think of this? And then to go to my wife and ask her what she thinks about it and then start to compare notes. That's okay. There's wisdom in the counsel of many. And so start to find people. Um, probably five or six weeks ago, we had a moment. Uh, we actually used you, Jaden, as an example, where Ken and Linda have kind of adopted you. They've just kind of fallen in love with you, and, and they pray for you. They know you by name. I would encourage you, if you're here tomorrow morning, find people with gray hair and say, can you pray for me? Because uh, you know what, there's something, there's something about uh, having a history of faith, um, and and people having the time and the energy and the desire to see you do well, to see you walk in health and wholeness. And don't miss out on those opportunities, because I doubt they'll say no. I know these people. I doubt they'll say no, and you won't regret it. Having these people in your corner, having these people praying for you. Let me pray for you, and then we'll, pray, then we'll sing. Father, we thank you for this time together. 
Lord, I pray that you would take what's come out tonight and that through your Holy Spirit you would translate it to our hearts and that the things that we need to hear you would, you would echo loudly in our lives that uh, as we go to sleep we would even remember the things that you want us to hear. Jessica talked about a refining fire, whether it be in prayer or in the worship today, Lord. Uh, and, and Lord, I pray that you burn off the stuff that doesn't need to be said. The, the things I said that didn't need to be there, Lord, just burn that stuff away. Get rid of it and, and boil it down to what we need to walk out of here with tonight, Lord. Jesus, we love you. And we're excited about this chance to sing about our love for you. Let's do that now. All right, if you wouldn't mind just having a quick seat. Yeah, you can clap. Um, have a quick seat. Two things. Uh, Eric just uh, shared with me that uh, I, I saw that Tom was in the hospital. I didn't know the story behind it. So apparently Tom, uh, and if you're watching Tom, we love you, man. We're praying for you. Um, he was on his scooter and got got hit. And so he's injured. I don't know the extent of his injuries, but uh, uh, we're going to pray for him in just a second. And uh, normally we, we put out an invitation. Uh, we talk a lot about being in a relationship with Jesus, and uh, we want to create every opportunity that, that there can be to, to have that connection and, and relationship with Jesus. And so rather than do that corporately tonight, like in a, in a big group, I'm going to hang out in the front for a bit, and if you want to talk about how you can become a child of God, how you can uh, be a, a son or daughter of the, of the King, uh, I'd love to talk with you. Um, but I, I do want to kind of linger on one last thought, too. And this is another thing that came from our conversation, Bobby. He was talking about his recent readings in Luke. And, uh, and he was talking about how when you read, when you're in, in the Word, you're reading the Word, it becomes this filter through which you look at all of life. And I think there's a good example of that in just... I, I think this is the third example from our conversation this morning, Bobby, where the, the conversation that we had affected me throughout the day. It's, it's become a filter through which I'm looking at things to, today. The, the message was prepared uh, a long time ago, but these things came up today because it was on my mind. And this is a lesson to all of us about what is good for us to be feeding on. Uh, so... Again, we're talking about the, the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Honestly, you're going to be affected to what you're listening to. And whether that be what you're reading, what you're watching, what you're hearing. Uh, the way that things are set up today, you can get as much of a topic as you want. There, there's almost no limit to the access that you can get. And I think all of us have our things that we feed on. And some of them aren't real good for us, to be quite honest especially in the high doses that we feed on them. Um, I went through a phase, I, I, I love sports, and I discovered UFC, uh, and, and especially early days, I don't know if anybody remembers Hoist Gracie, and the days where this little Brazilian guy would take on these giants, and this is before weight classes and stuff like this, and it was just these bloody battles, and I was, as a guy who was not tough at all, I was fascinated by this sport and I started to just totally ingest it. I still think of it as a, an incredible science and, and an athletic uh, battle. But I started to see the effects on me. And I started to get 
wound up a lot, I started to have a lot shorter fuse just by temper. I don't fight anybody. But uh, like it, it was something that was starting to affect me. I started to notice it. Same thing sometimes. Uh, my wife and I watch shows together and, and sometimes we'll get into a series and it's just dark. And you, you turned off at the end and you're like, I kind of don't feel great about anything right now. And it's the thing you've been feeding on. So what I can't encourage you enough to do is feed on good stuff and God's word is available to you. It's why we advertise it. You can get it on your phone. We'd love to give you your own copy here. Um, just see me after the service and we'll hook you up. There's lots of Bibles to be had. But be in the word and what you'll find is throughout the day you'll look at the world differently. You'll look at it through the lens of what you've been reading. God will bring stuff to mind. He'll 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 reveal things that you wouldn't have even noticed if you weren't in the Word. So it's good for you. You'll grow like crazy, uh, and you'll be blessed. Let's pray for Tom. Heavenly Father, we come before you knowing that uh, you are not an old man in a rocking chair in heaven that doesn't want to or can't do anything about what's going on here on earth. And Lord, we know there's hard stories and bad things that happened, Lord, and I don't know the circumstances by which, under which uh, Tom was hit and the story behind his injuries, but Lord, we, we pray for wholeness and healing. We pray that you would do the miraculous in his body, that his healing would blow the minds of the doctors and nurses that are attending to him. Uh, but in the time that he's there, Lord, I pray that you bring him peace and comfort and allow him to be a blessing to the people that he's around speak to him, minister to him. Let your presence be felt by him tonight in his hospital bed. Bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you for joining us for Saturday Night Life. If you want to learn more about this ministry or if you want to talk to somebody about what you heard on this podcast, please email us at snl rchurch.ca. We'd love to get to know you better. Until then, be safe and be blessed.